Hey, Kim, what's a pirate's favorite letter? Oh, I know that one. It's R. Yeah, you'd think it was R, but his first love was the C. Okay, Kim, I think it's only right if for our first episode, we highlight the Anchor app, because it was really the thing that inspired me to push us to do what we have been talking about doing for um, a year. Yeah, probably. Probably. We've been walking around going, shook's a gift, shook's a gift, shook's a gift. <laughs> and we think it's funny. Um, so I was really inspired by Matt Miller. He started a daily podcast, which I've really enjoyed. And, and it's made it really accessible to do podcasts. And, and at the end of every episode, it says, you know, this this episode is brought to you by Anchor App if you want to try it out. So I went and I looked and I downloaded Anchor before and it was good, but not great. And I sort of deleted it. It was sitting in my cloud. And then I went back in and they did a full reboot back in February and it's now phenomenal. So it's web-based and app-based. And they have an iOS app and they have a Google and Android app. And essentially, you can run an entire podcast off of it. So you can upload files from your computer, from your phone. You can record right on the app online and in your phone where you don't even have to look like you're talking to your phone crazy. You can just put it up to your ear and automatically detects that you're talking to it. Yeah, that was really cool. I, when you had me try that and I said, what do you mean? Just put it up. And, and as soon as you put it up to your ear, it sort of clicks and you're recording. It's very intuitive that way. Yeah, I love that. And like for kids who don't necessarily feel right holding a phone out, or if they don't have a fancy microphone like we have, we'll tweet a picture of it. We uh, <laughs> we can, I, I think it just really acts very natural, like you're having a conversation. You can accept messages in. So if people go to the Anchor FM um, site and then look for a shooks and gif they can send us messages which we can embed so if you do want to do that please by all means go to anchor.fm download the app um, and send us messages and, and we'll have features if there's something that's really giving you an aha moment you know call it in and, and let us know and we'll, we'll love to share them because we love to learn yeah. as much as other people i really like the sound quality i was surprised even just talking to it like it was a phone making a phone call, the sound quality was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And as well as you just finished hearing, there's sound effects and that's built in. So we will start every uh, every episode with the cheesy joke as I like to do at any sort of presentation that I'm making because I think it sort of sets a funny mood. And who doesn't like she's, a good- She's great joke? with her good cheesy jokes. We love the cheesy she jokes. She can entertain an entire room <laughs> with her cheesy jokes. All day long, baby, all day long. So yeah, so I think the Anchor app is something if you're looking into podcasting, whether starting your own podcast or podcasting with your students, even if it's just something little, I, I think it makes it really accessible. Um, I created the artwork for ours just in Google Drawings and, and I was able to get up and running faster than I ever thought I would because I was really held back by, you know, what would the um, perfection par paralysis, I think yeah. is what Casey Bell calls it. And from Shake Up Learning, which is awesome, awesome site, check it out. Um, here's a little bonus for you. Um, but I, there was a lot of like, oh, how am I gonna do this? And this app just really made me feel like I could give it a go. Well, it's true because I, I was a little bit intimidated by how to make this happen. But when I got your message, okay, we're doing this. I've got it. We can do it. It's super simple. All we have to do is get the anchor app. And it was, it was, it was just that easy. Yeah. I think the hardest part for us is not laughing at each other. Yeah. And the one thing that I really love, if we go back to this perfection paralysis is you can't edit. So we're recording now and this is very hard for us. Yeah. <laughs> so our intro is a pre-record and we used Camtasia and we like wanted to make it sound professional and hopefully it did. But in this, you just sort of go and you talk. So I like the authenticity of it. And like I said, really easy. And the best part, I can't believe I didn't start with this. It's like burying the lead right here. 
100% free. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So that's the first thing that I want to share because I think that for me was the aha and it definitely got us going. Well, for me, I have two little tidbits to share. They're, they're not huge, but for me, they were huge. They're long. One of them is long. One of them is long. One of them is long. So for the longest time, Bitmoji was not able to represent me the way I needed to be represented because I have long hair. Very long hair. I have very long hair. I'm growing it out. I'm going to try and donate it for a second time. But Bitmoji did not have long hair. And the only solution for me was to switch from Bitmoji to Bitstrips. I didn't want to do that. I liked the look of my Bitmoji. Or you, you could have cut your hair. I could have cut my hair. That, that would have Early. been another solution. <laughs> I don't know if that Oh, would... you got your hair cut. Yes, I needed, I needed to, to match, match my, my Bitmoji. Bitmoji. <laughs> um, so I was so excited when you, it was you who told me, you got a notification on your Bitmoji app that said long hair is here. I, I, I shrieked. I was so excited. <laughs> she did. That's true. And I found the best long hair to match what it should be. And now I have long hair. So for anybody out there who's been waiting for their Bitmoji's long hair to be there, it's there now. And to add on, which I'm starting to go off script a bit, the Bitmoji extension for Chrome, you want to talk a little bit about that when how you use it, why Bitmojis are so important? Oh, to yeah. I love Bitmojis because first of all, they're fun. We talk a lot in Hangouts. We use Hangouts a lot to communicate with our friends. And we plop those things in there all the time just to represent how we're feeling, um, to, to liven up the conversation. The other thing Bitmojis are great for is if you wanted to use them in school with your students, you could get Bitmojis and do storytelling with them. You, um, who does that? Oh, Sylvia. Sylvia so Duckworth. Sylvia Duckworth does a fantastic workshop on. You can follow her on Twitter at Sylvia Duckworth. <laughs> she does a great workshop on, is it, is it storytelling, but it's more, it's creating comics yeah. with Bitmojis. So you can find all the different types of Bitmojis there are, work them into a story, um, drop them into Google Drawings or Google Slides, and then crop out certain pieces so you can sort of hack them and make them the way you want. And then you can storytell with them. They're so much fun. You can also get the Bitmoji um, tool in Gmail, I think now, yeah. where you can actually have it right beside your keyboard. Yeah. Yeah, is I, that is that I right in it. there? Yep, yeah, it's right. Let me go down and if I put it in here. Right there. Yeah, right. yeah. If you click on your Gmail and you go to compose a message, you'll see your little avatar right beside the send button once you once you activate it. And it makes it pretty simple to get them in there. So yeah, I'm a huge Bitmoji fan. So thank you out there to the Bitmoji world for giving long hair back. <laughs> Yay for long hair. Yay for long hair. That's awesome. Um, and you have another little share. I have another little share. And I, this was, a, Kim shared this one with me and I went, yay, the same way that she got excited about long hair. This one I've been waiting for. Yeah. Whenever I lead a workshop on Google Docs or a, like a level one bootcamp, one of the challenges I give is, you know, you start with the simple things like, okay, type in three sentences. I want you to italicize it, bold one word. I want you to underline something, change the font, change the color of the text. And then I give a little bit of a bonus to say, I want you to try and highlight some of the text. And I've always called it a bonus because the highlight feature, Jen's pointing it out, the highlight feature is, well, it used to be buried inside the A with the color line underneath it. It used to be high, uh, hidden within the text. You'd have to click on the text and then switch over to highlight. So how many times have you given this feedback uh, to Google? Uh, every time. 
because every time I go to highlight something, I change font color. And every time I go to change font color, I highlight. Yes. So just recently, what, about a week or so ago, a week or two, yeah. a week or two ago, Google has split the highlight feature with the text color feature. And now on your toolbar inside a Google Doc, you will see the A with the underline of a color underneath it. Right beside it is now a little highlighter. So much easier access to highlight and color your text. And it also goes to show you that when Google asks for feedback, they genuinely want it. They, they, they really want that feedback. Mm -hmm. That is how they update and improve their tools. So yeah. if you're ever thinking, oh man, I wish something, I wish it did this, go ahead, find the help button to, to send feedback, or there's a question mark sometimes, wherever it is, an exclamation mark, yeah. find that feedback, send it to them, and it will it will help eventually. Yeah. I, I honestly haven't heard a single person that's like, oh, I wish they'd put them back together. It was so, <laughs> I can't believe that they didn't have that for so long. Maybe they did it intentionally so that we would get excited when it finally happens. Small things, little things. Hashtag small things. Okay, my next share is um, actually a tweet that I was, included in yesterday by uh, a tech integration coach from Arizona uh, whose name is Paul West. And you can follow him on Twitter at PW West. And he spells it. It's amazing. P-D-U-B-Y-A-W-E-S-T. So W That's is awesome. actually spelled out. It's <laughs> amazing. I love it because I call my mom Big W because her name is Wendy. And yeah, maybe there's a big story, but I'll save it. Look at that. I didn't, I didn't tangent for, for those you. of you who know me. That's, that's impressive. A big um, so Paul West figured out that you can actually include GIFs. They're not called GIFs. Oh, don't start. Okay. Um, <laughs> GIFs in the header of Google Classroom. You're going to notice that Kim and I are going to talk a lot about Google products and such. It's the environment that we work in. And we're also very affiliated. We're both Google educators. We're both Google, Google trainers. Google and, innovators. And both Google innovators. Yeah. Proud. Very proud. Very Google. proud. Yeah. Google Kim innovators. Was, Kim was Mountain View 16. Yes. I was the first innovator cohort. And I went last summer to Washington. WDC 17, yo. Um, so anyway, Paul West has discovered that there's GIFs that can be embedded in the header of the Google Classroom. And essentially what he does is you download a GIF, he's, he gives a little template in the tweet to show, okay, this is how big the header essentially is. And then you can put as many as you want. You can resize is, them. Is it easy to get the right size? Because I often find it. Yeah, no, but he's given, he's given the he's template, given the template in the tweet. And I'm going to share the tweet in our show notes. And our show notes can be found on our show website, which is at bit.ly slash shooks and gif. And essentially what he does is he embeds them. And then he he uses Snagit, but someone else has tweeted since and said, oh, I tried it with um, Screencastify, which is free. Mm -hmm. And you then screen cap that and turn that video into a GIF. Mm -hmm. And then that is when you can upload into the banner on Google Classroom. One of the file types that it takes is not only PNG, not only um, JPEG, but also GIFs. So when you upload it, it's actually really cool. You can show, you know, all these GIFs for whatever learning is might take place in that classroom. He used uh, a site called And Then I Was Like. If you Google that, you'll find it. And it's when you can create your own GIFs of yourself. So he did four of himself. It's hilarious. Like I said, I'll share the tweet or the link to the tweet in the show notes. And you've got to check this out because it's just hours of fun, if nothing else. And it really personalizes and can really um, make a relaxed environment in the classroom if that's the yeah, atmosphere I saw, you want. I saw your sample and it was, it was fun. Yeah, super fun. Uh, I need you all to know that I am biting my tongue right now because I pronounce it GIF, 
We're not going to have this discussion now. We will save that debate for another time. And this is a really great <laughs> podcast, and that's our last episode. So <laughs> us if it's not jiffing, but like we said, a different time. Um, all right. So I have another share. Um, sorry. So, <laughs> okay. I have another share. Um, this is something I saw at or on a Google blog. I want to pull it up just so I know what I'm talking about. Okay, so I was leading a level one boot camp for EdTech team a few weekends ago, and somebody in my session asked me if it was possible to see if a student has accessed a document. So I know we can we, we have the amazing tool of uh, version history, which I love because it allows us to see who has done what, track their thinking in the past. It's a great tool to make our thinking visible. I'm sure we'll talk about that in another segment at some time. Sure. But this teacher wanted to know, this is great, but what if a student has just opened it and closed it? How am I supposed to know if that is possible? And at the time I said, you know, that, that's yeah. a great feature. We should, we should put that into the feedback. I would love to be able to tell if somebody has even just opened a document, even if they haven't done anything. Right. Well, lo and behold, on March 7th, um, in the Google blog, in the G Suite updates blog, and we'll link to this in the show notes, there was a blog post called Imp Improve Collaboration in Google Docs, Sheets, and Slides with Activity Dashboard. And the idea behind this is in education domains, and I believe business domains as well, so not in a personal domain, but in an education domain, you will now have the ability, or soon, have the ability to open up something called an activity dashboard. I'm looking at the picture. It does look similar to the share screen. Yeah, big time it does. Um, but it says on the left, shared with. So it'll, so it'll show everybody that you've shared the document with. And on the right, it will say when it was last viewed. And I'm looking at this picture. It says options are like within the hour, this morning. Um, and it's, it, and then it shows if you haven't accessed it, there's a little line. That is going to be really helpful for teachers to see whether or not somebody has even looked at a document. Besides, beside that line there, they also have like one of those little eyes in a circle, sort of like info. I wonder what that's going to link to. I'm really curious about this feature yeah. um, for accountability with students um, saying, oh, yeah, I, I opened it or I did this. And, and then you can sort of have those conversations about even time management with students. Like, oh, well, yeah. Yeah. You know, we're a day out and you haven't even looked at this. So how are you going to manage your time in the next 24 hours to make sure that, you know, you've finished your part of a project or that you pre you're prepared for, you know, an oral presentation, whatever it happens to be. Um, so it says here that as of today, March 21st, uh, users will be able to see this in uh, in their docs, sheets, and slides. It's uh, it's going to be housed in the tools menu where you'll find activity dashboard. I haven't seen it yet today. I tweeted out to some people to see if anybody else has seen it yet in my education domain. Um, I did check an admin console. It seems that it's on default in the admin console. So Maybe it's still coming, uh, but I'm excited to see. Um, you might need to explain what default means. By default yeah. means um, n when they add it, it's automatically on. It's automatically and on. You don't okay, have to turn it, it yeah. on. It, okay. it is automatically right, on. Because there's certain ones that are off, right? Like, yeah. like in Google Classroom sharing with parents, yes. that feature is an automatic off. You need to enable it. It is an automatic off when you do it and you have to turn it on. But this one, uh, it when I went to my admin console and I checked, it was already on. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that in 
in uh, in our docs, slides, and sheets. If anybody has seen it, we'd love to hear about that. So please uh, leave us a message and uh, or tweet us at hashtag shoots and gif. We would love to see how people are using it when it actually shows up. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it'll. I think it can be really powerful. Okay, our last share is one from me. Because again, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna tout anchor who that got us here, I've got to go to my heart, my love, my Flipgrid. I got the Flipgrid fever. Yes, I have it you bad. Do. Yes, you, you follow do. me on Twitter, you know this. I'm really angry that in the app smash, I got eliminated in the you, first round. Oh, no, but I got eliminated by Andrew um, Fence Fenstermaker. Sorry, Andrew, if I destroyed your last name, um, fellow WDC guy, and his. Thing is about how to use Flipgrid for podcasts. I'm going to talk about it another time because it deserves more time than I have now. And it's phenomenal. And I actually said to him when we started, we tweeted back and forth our banter. And then I, I DM'd him and I said, you are, you deserve to win this whole thing. I think his was, it's phenomenal. Yeah, so I anyway. remember you talking about it, but yeah. yours was awesome too. Oh, but you'll share you. that another time because yeah. it was really great. So what I actually want to share is I, I think by now a lot of people have heard of Flipgrid. It sort of exploded last probably summer. Yeah. Um, it's a really great tool for doing asynchronous video. You can use it in a lot of ways. A lot of people see it as, okay, I'm just going to leave my thoughts and then, you know, leave them out there and maybe have some responses. But there's tons of ways to use it. And this is what I want to talk about. There's no way I can talk about the plethora of ways Flipgrid can be used. But there is somewhere you can find out. And that is called the Discovery Library. Is this new? It is new. Um, I'm trying to remember when they, I, I feel like it came out, I was gonna say the summer, but it can't be It can't be that old. So let's say in the fall, I, I could okay. be wrong, I don't remember well, but essentially when you log into Flipgrid, you've got some, um, some tabs across the top and your default, you go to My Grids, but right beside My Grids to the right, there's something called Discovery. And if you actually go in there, it's essentially a database of grids that have been created and then shared into this library by other educators. So they have featured ones that get highlighted. So it's like uh, World Water Day is happening now or just happened. It's right around now. So they have a really great one that was uh, created and they have, OK, here, here's the challenge and here's how I've used it. And you can actually take it import it into one of your grids and then customize wow. it. So the work's been done for you. So someone's found a good video. Someone's done a great gift. And what's more is they've set it up almost like an awesome table, which we will talk about another episode too, because we love the awesome tables. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, that you can filter all of the entries that have come in yeah. to the discovery library by audience and by audience they mean sort of a preschool kindergarten elementary middle school so high age school of your and students. then higher ed family professional yeah, age of students topics um which would be subject areas generally maybe not there's like one for professional development for example uh they but then and then one for stem steam one for technology but then of course you have like the maths the english the music those sorts of things and then some of them are they they put a goal into it so what was the oh, purpose of this and one of them is aha moment <laughs> maybe we should start a flip grid um but the, okay it's a book talk or it's the end of school it's an exit ticket it's family involvement yeah. and you can filter it down and say okay which of these do i like so if you're feeling like i don't really have the inspiration to, to know where to go and you need that sort of fire lit 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 in, that's a new word lit inside you the the flipgrid discovery library is a really really phenomenal that's resource. a great resource. Did it you is. say you could customize them once you pull it in? Yes. You can, so you can personalize it to the needs of your own students. You can change any element of it once you pull it in. So if you only like one thing, it's sort of like HyperDocs, right? You yeah. can 
taking and go. I, I love it. I love Flipgrid, how responsive they are to their users and how often they're like, okay, what do you guys need? And 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 they re they respond and say, oh, have you considered doing this? Like we're on it. And it's, they share it out. They're just, there's so much about making education better. And they're a small little company out of Minnesota. And I just, I just adore their product. I adore their philosophies and I adore what they do for education. That's awesome. Yeah. So I think that's it for our shares today. We will be back next week. Yes, we will. That's it for this week. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you think others might enjoy some of this learning, please give us a rating. Show notes for this and all episodes can be found at bit.ly forward slash shooks and gif. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash S-H-U-K-E-S and G-I-F-F. As always, we would love to hear your ahas on the Anchor app. Or by tweeting at us using the hashtag shooks and gif, sending us an email, or talking to us in real life. I'm Kim Polishuk, and I can be found on Twitter at Kim Polishuk. And I'm Jen Giffen, and I can be found at Virtual GIF with two Fs. Thanks for listening to Shooks and GIF. And as always, have an aha, give it a go. Shooks and GIF is a proud member of Voice Ed Radio. Your voice is right here. For more great content, go to voiceed.ca. We did it! Shooks and gifts! Shooks and gifts! Woo! We even had a special guest. I know. It's lovely when people forget that you're using your room to record. Whoops! <laughs>